616 draft picks are in the books. Let's run through the American League rapid fire. Go to every division, go to every team. What did day one look like? Who was the best mid-round pick? And who's my favorite late-round guy for every single American League team? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And thank you to everybody who's been following along with our draft coverage. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. We had a live show on Sunday night for day one of the MLB draft on YouTube. Went, at, went very well. Had a, had a midway through the draft recap yesterday. And I want to bring you, like I said, rapid fire through all three divisions of the American League. Uh, let's start with the East. Let's start with the Orioles because they had the number one pick. So my uh, thoughts here for for the Orioles. So day one, uh, Jackson Holiday goes number one overall. Dylan Beavers, the outfielder from, uh, from Cal. Max Wagner, the third baseman from Clemson. Judd Fabian, the outfielder from Florida. Just a pro- the profile here is position players, uh, low chase rates. They're all pretty good at contact. Above average power, but questions about the overall hit tool. There's a profile, right? Like there's a there's a model that they're trying to they're trying to fit. This is what they figured out. We don't want guys who are going to expand the zone and go out and chase balls. We want guys who have decent power potential because they move the uh, the fence back in Camden Yards. Um, some of these guys have contact questions, but overall, I like what they did in day one to set the draft up. One of the favorite mid-round picks. I really like catcher Silas Ardwan out of Texas. I, he's from Louisiana. I'm pretty sure it's Ardwan. Uh, but, so very polished for a college catcher. Very good defensively. Very sound. Plus arm strength. Uh, good release. Good throwing accuracy. And then, always had uh, decent walks, but struck out too much. Didn't hit for enough power. Absolutely has kind of turned that around in 2022. Very consistent power. I see him as a... 15 to 20 home run guy in the bigs, depending on how he finishes developing. But either way, uh, no doubt defensive catcher. Uh, at worst, could be a backup for uh, for Adley Rutschman. At best, could be a valuable trade piece, or um, or maybe Rutschman ends up moving one day. So love that as a mid-round pick. Towards the end of it there, shortstop Carter Young, the 17th round pick out of Vandy. Just uh Tons of speed, coverage ground at shortstop. Uh, the only question is going to be offensively. He hit uh, t- he hit 207 in the SEC. He was playing through a shoulder injury. Um, he's he's added about 20 pounds of muscle in college. Um, I think that he could have a 20 home run potential. Question is going to be, can he stop chasing pitches out of the strike zone? Uh, and can he kind of calm down the swing a little bit? It's a really big toolsy swing, a lot of stuff going on. But either way, fantastic defender. Can, uh, can still be a utility guy for you no matter what. So Carter Young, 17th rounder, really a fan there. You look at the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so their model they did here in the, you know, the first was high contact hitters. So same thing. They want guys with a ton of contact ability and then power pitchers. So they go Brandon Barrera, the prep pitcher who shut himself down early at 23. Uh, Tomon Tucker, the shortstop out of um, South Carolina, the prep kid. 
in the compensation round in the second after taking Oregon shortstop Josh Kasevich in the second round. Uh, K. Doty, second baseman out of LSU in the comp pick round. And so um, just lots of position players early. Obviously, you know, kind of for the, compared to most teams, mixed in quite a few pitchers and position players. A lot of teams draft more pitchers than position players. I've seen some that are 60-40. I've seen some, like the Angels last year, 20 pitchers. Like a very good mix here of position players and pitchers. Um, so Tucker Toman's that guy that I really do like, that second-round compensation pick. I think he's a good mid-round guy. But Kyle Davis, 16th-round pick, pitcher out of Oklahoma State. Um, Kyle Davis, a guy I'm really excited about. 6'4", 225, good body to him. Somebody who loses his command at times in the strike zone but can absolutely pound uh, someone who, you know, going to need some polish, but I think could end up being a, a back-of-the-rotation guy if everything breaks right. Good get to get Kale Davis uh, by the Blue Jays. Interesting draft strategy, not one that I would have chosen, but interesting draft strategy by the Red Sox. They went high risk with this. So Mikey Romero, shortstop out of California, uh, prep kid at 24. Uh, Cutter Coffee, shortstop out of California, prep kid, at 41. And then outfielder from uh, from the state of Florida, prep kid, Anthony Roman, or sorry, Roman Anthony, with the comp pick in the second. Uh, so, tons of potential, but all have flaws there. All, you know, whether it's power potential with, with, um, with Coffee, or it's, you know, contact issues, swing and miss with, with Anthony. Everybody has some sort of flaw. So high risk, but high reward if they work out. And Boston's a team had a smaller draft pool than everybody else. Didn't necessarily have a ton of extra uh, money, but tried to make use of it where they could, where the board kind of laid out for them. I would have liked to see him take a uh, college guy in the second round. Was right there. I feel like from 30 to 60, a lot of those guys kind of had similar value. Um, I had uh, coffees more of, you know, like a 100, 105, something like that. They made up for it with Anthony, but still, not necessarily the way that I would have done that. Eighth round pick, Jonathan Brand, pitcher out of Miami of Ohio. Uh, 5'9", 200. So for a pitcher, he is a short kink. Looks like Alejandro Kirk out there on the mound. But really interesting guy, can get outs, is absolutely a gamer. Excited to see what he does. And then the later round pick, not as late as the rest of them, but they did go for a prep kid. In the 13th, the top 100 talent in the 13th round, Gavin Kylan out of Wisconsin. We had to see a couple great hitters come out of Wisconsin. Um, Gavin Lux was the most recent one out of that group. So um, Gavin Kylan, something about people named Gavin in Wisconsin, apparently. But like the, like the pick, if he signs, uh, excited about what they can do with him. The Rays, also another team, had a really interesting draft. Two of their four guys up top are... Not guys that I had in the top 100. Xavier Isaac at one third, uh, at 29. I had him in the 100s. Um, first base only defender. Bad body. He's 6'4", 240 out of high school. Um, so, you know, so, so the track record on that's not great. Um, Chandler Simpson, shorts up out of Georgia Tech. They had him in the, uh, the, the competitive balance B round, so the 70th pick. Uh, again, had him as a 100-plus talent. Trevor Martin in the third round, the pitcher out of Oklahoma State. I had him as a 200-something guy, so I'm guessing that was one of those. That's the thing. He's also a fourth-year senior, uh, sorry, a fourth-year sophomore, though. 
So he still has some eligibility. Uh, not quite sure exactly how that worked out. I do love them getting Dominic Keegan, the catcher out of Vandy. Makes quality contact. He was a fifth-round pick. Uh, sorry, he was a fourth-round pick. He's got some versatility. He can play first. I think he might be able to play some, uh, some outfield. But either way, defensive versatility. Dominic Keegan can makes quality contact, can lead a pitching staff, can lead a team, was one of the team leaders. I like that pick. Late-round guy. Uh, Quinn Matthews out of Stanford in the 19th round. Left-handed pitcher. Love this pick. Uh, Quinn Matthews, absolutely a gamer. You refine his control a little bit, and you're, you're, you have a, a possible four or five pitcher. And for um, a 19th round guy where the max bonus is, I mean, at worst, going to be $125,000, really good get uh, by the Red Sox. And really good get by the, by the Rays. And then the long week, you guys. And then the Yankees. So the Yankees' last team here in, in this division. And just kind of looking at what they did, looking at some of the guys that they brought out. I mocked Spencer Jones to them, and he goes. Uh, Tristan Veerling um, got him at pick 100. I had him as a top 70 talent pitcher out of Gonzaga. Uh, so kind of, you know, love what they did here. Drew Thorpe out of Cal Poly, the lefty pitcher at 61. Kind of had him right around 60, so that's a good, that was a good place to get him. Need to add some velo to him, but I like the combination of that and them bringing in their, their, their horizontal sweepy slider that all those Yankee pitchers are known for. I think that Eric Resselman, their fifth-round pick, that's the mid-round guy that I'm picking. Him, actually, and Cam Schlitter in the seventh round. Uh, Resselman out of LSU, Schlitter out of Northeastern, but both of these guys. Accomplished pitchers, fastball-dominant guys, especially Resselman. I think that the Yankees' pitching development is absolutely going to be crucial to these guys, as well as uh, just bringing in, you know, they're going to bring in that that slider. We keep talking about that, but it's a thing. Um, absolutely love both those picks. In the 14th, a pitcher that they brought in, Chris Bow out of junior college, a righty. Another guy really going to benefit from some, from some time in this pitching development system, but somebody who can be an impact reliever for them. And like right there, you've got three potential impact relievers in the same draft. You've seen what's been happening with Aroldis Chapman and how they haven't been able to rely on him. So having this is very useful. Just a minute, I want to get to the AL Central. Loved what the Guardians did. Thought the Tigers did some good stuff as well. Royals had a good start to the draft. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools. If you're trying to build the engagement ring of her dreams, you can choose the diamond shape, the size, the clarity, and the setting style. And then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Or if you're trying to celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, before we get to the AL Central, quick reminder, this Monday, the mailbag is back. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or 
you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, every Monday, with the exception of right after the, in the middle of the draft. Other than that, every Monday is a mailbag. We go through your questions. All of those questions are submitted by listeners about individual prospects, the business of minor league baseball, the draft, things like that. So please, get those over to us. We love those questions. Uh, looking at the American League Central. The Minnesota Twins had an interesting start to the draft. So they went for college performers with upside, but some of these guys have injury risk. So Brooks Lee, uh, shortstop from Cal Poly, was in contention to be the number one overall pick. Uh, they get He was definitely in that top tier, that top five players. They get him an eight. Shout out to Kumar Rocker and a couple others for making that happen. Connor Prelip uh, was before, like, last season was considered to be a possible number one overall pick this year, got injured, had Tommy John, has recovered to the point where he was able to have TJ, I'm sorry, he was able to throw a bullpen uh, before the SEC tournament. He was the second round pick, and then Tanner Schobel, the shortstop out of Virginia Tech in the competitive balance round. So, love those pitches. You kind of go together. Uh, some of the mid-round picks, not necessarily one that I loved, but one that I find really interesting because of the variance in what he could be is Jarrell Ortega, the second baseman from uh, University of Tennessee. Uh, guy where t- 15 to 20 home run power, the question we have is, was it the environment? Seemed to hit much better at home than away. Everybody hit home runs in that ballpark, but has very good uh, bat speed, very good quality of contact. And so the question is, how much is Ortega a product of where he played? And how much is Ortega just that's who he is as a hitter? And when we did our Farm Friday on the Twins, we talked about so many of these guys uh, have great contact ability but no power or great on base but no power. So it's nice to see them go find a guy that has power. And then they do that and he still has questions. We still have questions about what that power could be. So interesting note there. Um, Catcher. Nate Baez in the 12th is my late round guy that I like. I know the 12th's not that late, but Arizona State catcher. Um, none of his tools just like are glaringly elite, but he's a very much above average. Hit 355, 424, 664 against the Pac-12 this year. Eight home runs in those games. Uh, can work counts, can, can draw walks, doesn't have a ton of swing and miss. I think he's going to need to tap into his power a little bit more. Probably some pull side stuff. But he's played for a catcher. He's played first. He's played second. He's played third. He's played left field. So a lot of positional versatility. Um, obviously, you want to keep him at catcher if you can. That's the most valuable position as far as the, as far as the field if you're not the super athletic ultra defender type. But can play a lot of different places. I like that pick for the Twins. Uh, the Guardians had a fantastic draft. You obviously can tell they had models. They knew exactly what they were looking for. They wanted pitchers they could go out there and develop. So beginning of the draft, outfielder Chase DeLauder uh, at 16, and then they go out and they get Justin Campbell from Oklahoma State. If you watch college baseball this year, some of this list is a who's who of pitchers we have talked about. Justin Campbell, Parker Messick from Florida State, Dylan DeLucia from Old Miss. I mean... Uh, Austin Peterson from Connecticut, uh, just tons of tons of pitchers, really good, really accomplished pitchers. Most of these guys that they went out and got, a uh, couple high schoolers late in the late in day two, 
Uh, and they did the lottery pick thing, I think, in the 16th with Logan Clark, the catcher out of Taft High School in California. But for the most part, uh, they got plenty of solid, dependable college players and then supplemented here and there with a couple lottery tickets, mostly at pitcher, uh, late in day two. So like what they did, mid-round guy, um, Jacob Zibin in the 10th round. Actually, he's from Canada. He's a high schooler, but the models absolutely love him. 6'4", 218. Uh, has uh, really young for the class, and this is something that the Guardians like too. So he's just 17 years old. He doesn't turn 18 until January. So they're getting him rather young. He's committed to South Carolina. Um, or, strangely, because I'm getting used to this, he can go back to Canada for 13th grade. They have a th- 13th grade, apparently. But either way, fastball sits 95-96, has a big, uh, has like a slurvy slider. I like him. I think that was a good pick, good place to take him. A calculated risk for a top 125 talent. Late round pick of theirs that I like. Not too much later, but Magnus Ellerts in the 11th round out of junior college in Florida. 6'5", 225. Big boy. Big body. I trust them to develop these pitchers. I like, um, I like this pick. I'm really curious what they're going to be able to do with him uh, and how they'll develop him. Chicago White Sox took some electric pitchers early. So they got Noah Schultz out of, out of um, the Illinois Prepster at 26, 6'9", 220. Then after that, they take the, uh, the, the injured Peyton Paulette out of Arkansas, another one of those hurt college pitchers we've talked about, candidate to be in the first round be one of the first college pitchers off the board before the Tommy John. Uh, they got Jonathan Cannon out of Georgia in the third. Uh, lefty Tyler Schweitzer out of Ball State in the fifth. I mean, Eric Adler out of Wake Forest in the sixth. I love a Wake Forest pitcher. Wake Forest is so good at developing their pitchers. They come out, there's not a ton of extra development you can get out of them. Maybe a good thing if that's happening to the White Sox, but they go out, um, they, do a, you know, they get a lot of big-name pitchers. Some of the other big names that they got, both the two mid-round picks that I love. Catcher Michael Turner of Arkansas in the ninth. First baseman Tim Elko of Old Miss in the 10th. Both of these guys, team captains, guys that were very well-respected, fifth-year seniors, um, clutch performers, guys that uh, had the leadership, had the respect. A lot of the intangibles doesn't hurt that, um, that Tim Elko has a ton of power and that Michael Turner um, is a very good offensive and Decently defensive catcher. So, like that. Late there, um, Tristan Stivers out of Texas State in the 16th round. Fantastic find late. Uh, I do believe he has, no, fifth year senior. He has to go. So, unless he's taking his COVID year. Great get. Late round. Some things you can polish on Tristan Stivers, but a really good pitcher and somebody who I'm excited to see what the White Sox can do with him. The Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers had this idea. We're going to go with some accomplished college hitters early, kind of raise the floor a bit when it comes to the offense, and then we're going to switch to pitchers and just get as many pitchers as we can. So they get Jace Young out of Texas Tech um, at 12. Peyton Graham, the shortstop out of Oklahoma at 51. Very good defender. Um, And then pitcher Troy Melton out of San Diego State in the fourth round. No third round pick there. And then... You look later in the draft, just pitcher, 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 pitcher. Here's a random outfielder. Pitcher, 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 pitcher. Another outfielder. Pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. Just pounding pitchers. Um, Some of the few position players they did get, though, a lot of versatility to them. Andrew Jenkins 
first baseman from Georgia Tech in the ninth round. Um, he was predicted by a lot of folks to be like a sixth rounder or so. What I love about Andrew Jenkins is he's got power. He's there in the ninth because he has some swing and miss as well. But defensive versatility. Played first for Georgia Tech. Has the arm to play third. Has the speed to play in the corner outfield. So a guy that you may get to expand out his defensive range versus contracting his defensive range in the bigs. Not something you get every day. But if you're not taking a ton of position players, which they were not, especially in the back half, you need to get guys who are versatile. So I love what they did with that there. And then the Royals. The Royals had a good draft, I guess, from the context of I had low expectations going in. So uh, ninth pick overall, outfielder Gavin Cross, Virginia Tech. Third baseman Caden Wallace from Arkansas goes at 49. And then pitcher Mason Barnett goes at 87 out of Auburn. And they took fast-moving college players with upside early. And it's one of those, this is one of those, we're going to raise the floor. And then if our player development folks do their jobs, which offensively they absolutely will. You've seen Bobby Witt. You've seen MJ Melendez. You've seen Vinny Pascantino. You've seen Nick Prado. You've seen a lot of these prospects coming through this system have become very good hitters. Uh, So, you know, fast rising guys, very good hitters. The question I have is how some of these pitchers are going to get developed. How well are these pitchers going to come out? Mason Barnett, all the tools in the world. Questions about the consistency. Could never really lock down a starting spot in the SEC on the weekend. I think the best he got until injury got there was he was a midweek starter until Auburn lost a guy midway through the season and they bumped him out to the weekend. So tons of tools. Um, Can they kind of put it together for him? Um, But a little bit mid-round, the guy I love, Hayden Dunhurst, catcher out of Old Miss. Love this pick. I think he's a fantastic defensive catcher. He's one of the best defensive catchers that I got to see this in the 2022 college season. I scouted them firsthand. One of the better ones I got to see. Very excited about that. In just a minute, I want to get to the AL West. I want to talk about this Rangers scenario. I want to talk about the Angels actually getting a position player instead of drafting nothing but pitchers again. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Um, you know, we just watched the All Star Game, the Home Run Derby. There was odds for all of that. There is right right now. There's talk about. Juan Soto will get traded from the Nationals. And if you want to know who might be able to make that deal, we have a show from last month. It's me and Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals going through who has the financial flexibility in 2025 to pay him, who has the prospects now to trade for him. So go back and listen to that. But BetOnline's got odds for that. So the latest news, latest odds, latest headlines, anything you might need, whether it's baseball, obviously. But other than that, it's also golf. It's also fighting sports. It's also esports. Um, they even have politics odds on there. You can, you can bet about different presidential elections in different countries. So um, phone, tablet, mobile device, computer, go to betonline.net, check out all of the odds, place your bets because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so American League West, we have to start with the Texas Rangers. I was shocked, like everybody else was, that Kumar Rocker went to the Rangers at three. Slot value was 7.6 million. He agreed to 5.2. So you got a discount of $2.4 million. Uh, That money, 
There was no second round pick. There was no third round pick. That money went to Brock Porter. Brock Porter fell to the fourth round to the next pick that they had. So what happened here, what they did, how this worked, is Kumar Rocker and Brock Porter are both clients of Scott Boris. Scott Boris had the represented the first overall pick, Jackson Holiday, and the second overall pick, Drew Jones. He got a package deal to do Kumar Rocker and Brock Porter to the same team. Now he gets all three. He gets the first pick, the second pick, and the third pick. That is a great recruiting tool trying to find new clients. Um, the Rangers get two first-round talents out of it. Brock Porter agreed to a to the slot value in the fourth round at pick 109 was $560,000. The bonus he agreed to was the same that Cam Collier is getting at 19. So he agreed to a first round bonus and the money for that came from Kumar Rocker taking a $2 million discount to go at third. He did provide his medicals. The Rangers have seen the medicals. He's already signed the deal. It's already out. Like we already have the value and everything. So that was a package deal. I was shocked when I saw the Kumar Rocker thing at three. Blew, blew my mind. When I saw Brock Porter was falling, it all kind of made sense when I realized who the, um, I realized who the agent was. So that's what happened. Um, late round pick here. 17th round. Carson Dorsey, a uh, Juco guy, lefty. 6'2", 165. You've got some physical development to do. He's skinny fella. Get strikeouts, though. So I think that when you get some physical development on him, his fastball is low 90s. You can add a little bit of velo to that. It's not a bad fastball for a lefty. We have lower standards for lefties when it comes to uh, velo and what their fastballs look like. So 6'2", 165, you put a little bit of weight on there, a little physical development, you'll be able to get some more velocity. He already gets strikeouts. He already gets swings and misses. It's going to be end up being uh, a very good pitching option there uh, for for the Rangers. Um, the Houston Astros, Drew Gilbert out of Tennessee, first round. Jacob Melton, Oregon State in the second round. And then they switch to pitchers and they take like four straight pitchers. And it's just, it's one of those, lots of college guys here. I mean, most of their draft was college guys. They took a, uh, they took a prep guy in the 11th round, a top 100 talent at pick 343. If you'll remember, after the 10th round, is where you can do $125,000 in bonus without it counting against you. Without it counting against your pool. You also don't get, don't get a comp pick if they don't sign. But this is your way to, to get a lottery pick and not lose the pool if they don't sign. So they go in the 11th. Uh, Ryan Clifford, outfielder out of North Carolina, prep kid. And then in the 18th, they go out and get another prep kid. So... They do enough there. The, the mid-round guy I like, Tyler Guilfoyle, pitcher out of, out of the University of Kentucky, 6'4", 215, get him in the eighth round, about pick 253. Uh, very you know competitive guy. I like it. Save a little bit of money as a senior sign. The pick value is about $170,000 or so. He'll probably sign for about 140, 150. But competitive pitcher, uh, has postseason experience with Kentucky, so um, not afraid to take the ball whenever you need it. And then uh, late round guy, Tim Borden, the second shortstop out of Georgia Tech in the 16th round. Really impressed when I got to, I was watching Kevin Parada and I, I, I saw him. I saw the first, I, I've seen a couple different people from Georgia Tech, Andrew Jenkins, when I'm trying to watch Kevin Parada. I think they all, 
all the Georgia Tech guys who were drafted owe Kevin Parada a fruit basket. But uh, was impressed with Tim Borden. I think defensively he'll be able to stick there. May have to move to third, 6'2", I'm not sure if he's going to stay there or not. But either way, good get late in the round uh, or late in the draft by the Astros. The Seattle Mariners went for young guys with loud tools. And that's not a joke because the first round pick's name is Cole Young. They genuinely just went for guys who were not that old. Um, Cole Young is not yet 18, I don't think. Yeah. Um, they went, you know, they, they then took a college third baseman and then they went back to the prep ranks. They took quite a few preps in the first half of the draft. I want to say they took four. Yeah, four. So kind of have to manage your slot. A lot of the college guys they took were either seniors or fifth year seniors. So don't have a lot of flexibility to go back. Probably going to have to lowball quite a few of them. They have the money to sign those two. But uh, really intrigued by the sixth round pick. Shortstop Josh Hood out of NC State. 6'2", 202. I think he can stick it short. May go to third base. I'm not sure. But either way, he's got 20 home run power. The issue there is, um, and I got to watch them. Actually, I, was, I think I watched them against Georgia Tech, believe it or not. Uh, another person who probably owes a fruit basket, Gavin Parada. Um, but he, he tends to, to hunt fastballs specifically to hit home runs. It's a very unusual kind of mindset and obviously something that they're going to have to work on in the player development department. But I think that if you can get him to have a little more balanced approach and force teams to actually, uh, face him like a normal hitter and not just deny him fastball and let him chase at everything. I think he's got 20 home run power, probably going to go to the corner, but either way, uh, very good pick. And then my sleeper late round pick here is 15th round Blake Rambush. He's in here as a third baseman. He played third base in college, uh, his, his junior year at Auburn. Uh, I think he's more of a second baseman in the pros, maybe an outfielder, but um, 5'9", 175, a little bit of a smaller guy, uh, very good. Hitting instincts, has a uh, very unique one Soto-like two-strike approach, spreads out nice and wide, makes contact. You don't see him strike out a ton when he gets on base. Very good at taking the extra base. Aggressive on the base pass, but controlled aggression. And then a lot of his teammates, one of those guys well-liked in the clubhouse, uh, very, very much is a silent leader, very much is about ball. Wants to play ball. He's there to play ball. It's, it's, it's business but still like, still respected in the clubhouse, very much a leader by example. So like Blake Rambush, 15th round to the Mariners. Um, the Angels. So the Angels finally drafted a position player. Because you remember last year, um, all pitchers, they signed 19 of the 20, but all pitchers and all but one were college pitchers. They only took one prep kid last year. So, hate to tell you, still kind of on the, uh, still on the college thing, but... Uh, they get Zach Neto, the shortstop out of Campbell in the first, 13th overall pick. Uh, follow, I mean, hit the helium here. Guy who is going to stick it short, uh, good contact, good power, well-rounded guy. We talked about him rising to the first round. I think he's the highest-rated Campbell draftee ever, possibly. Um, follow that up. Guys with really loud tools. Ben Joyce, the, like, probably the only college pitcher a bunch of people actually know. Uh, hit 105 famously in a game this year. I actually was watching that game. It was against Auburn. 
Um, but looks like he's going to be an absolutely amazing reliever. Speaking of Auburn, they take a first baseman, Sonny Deshera, the Thick King, um, in the fifth round. Uh, they call him the Thick King. It's thick with two Cs. He's 6'1", 263. Probably going to be, he's that first base DH guy when you look at him. Uh, but tons of power. Uh, led the country in walks. Had the best on-base percentage in the SEC. Was co-SEC player of the year. So absolutely uh, fantastic with the bat in his hands. Some of the mid-round guys here. Actually, let's do some late-round guys. 15th round, right-hand pitcher Bryce Osmond out of Oklahoma State. So I see him like a fastball slider reliever as he is now. They're obviously going to work on trying to see if they can uh, get his, his curveball. It's a quality curveball. Uh, just He doesn't throw it a lot. Um, changeup has like a fading low 80s changeup. Doesn't use that a lot. Throws out of a three-quarter slot and it's something where improve the fastball quality a little bit. Um, get a little more consistent with some of these breaking pitches. I think he can be a he can probably make it up to a number three. I mean, he can maybe make it to a number three, probably a four, but maybe a three. If you can improve, if you can improve the the quality of the fastball, get it to carry like to, to sorry to ride a little more, uh, get the changeup and curveball more consistent and thrown more often, and then help him locate pitches a little better. He's a three. If not, if you could do one or two of those things, he's a four or five. And if a lot of that stuff doesn't work out. He's still a quality fastball slider reliever. I like him with the 15th pick. And then the 20th round catcher, Brendan Tinsman out of Wake Forest. Um, pure catcher here, but I love the Wake Forest guys. They're always very good at understanding baseball. Wake Forest does a great job of teaching uh, fundamentals. Their catchers are always really good at handling a pitching staff. Their pitchers are always very well formed as far as understanding how to pitch, the art of pitching understanding how to blend their arsenals, things like that. So I'm impressed with the Wake Forest development program. And then the last team, and a team that absolutely needs to hear some positive comments, the Oakland Athletics. I think they had a very good class. You look at the very top here, Daniel Susak, the best true catcher available. Um, obviously, since Kevin Pride is probably going to have to move off the position for the Mets, they got one of the most athletic players in the entire draft in prep outfielder Henry Boltag in the second round. And then Clark Elliott, the outfielder out of Michigan in the competitive balance round, so to close out day one, um, lefty hitter, but just a solid, like very solid college performer that's going to raise the floor of this program. You know, raise the floor of the program by having a, a, a high floor. So love what they did just to instill, if nothing else, a little bit more, um, a little bit more, I'm going to say competence, but just raise the floor of the program. And then they had plenty of, Lottery picks out here, seventh round, third baseman, Yinyul LeBoy, um, 11th round, pitcher Christian Opper out of Wisconsin. I mean, uh, Jamel Rosado, the shortstop in the 14th. They go out there, they do plenty of, um, plenty of lottery picks to f- try to find some, some amazing talent that they normally wouldn't be able to afford on the open market. Um, I like their 13th round pick, pitcher uh, Jake Finnings from Oregon State, fourth-year senior. I think they're going to save a little bit of money on the sign. Six seven two fifteen. very good breaking stuff. Um, good size, obviously. The issue you have is when he misses, he misses to the plate. He misses middle-middle. You can work on getting the breaking stuff to miss off the plate. I think you're going to have a, a, a back-end rotation guy right there. Um, and then 
Special shout out to the uh, the the third round pick, Colby Thomas, outfielder out of Mercer. Been very impressed. Uh, power on base percentage, good athleticism, good arm. He played in the corners at Mercer. I think he could play some center field, probably be an average to above average, but he's that outfielder that you want because he can play all three. Might be the best at right, but can play all three positions. You definitely want him there. So tomorrow we're doing the same thing, but the National League. Hopefully it won't run as long as this one did. Again, if you have questions for the show on Monday, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at uh, Locked On Farm, or you can email us LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. But until then, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.